Hello, everyone, and welcome to another awesome segment of Big You Live. Of course, with me today, I'm excited because I have the owner and CEO of TT360. And of course, BU's live mission is to provide relevant, thought-provoking, insightful information about life and ways to unlock and become our, fully ourselves. Of to embrace being you. So tonight our guest embarked on her own personal and powerful journey of unlocking herself as she would say spiritually, emotionally, and physically. So today my guest panelist is Miss Stephanie Wilson, whose goal is to help women live their best lives in their best bodies. So Stephanie, hello lady, how are you? Hello, beautiful. I am well. Hello to everybody. Hope everybody is well that is listening. Yes, yes. Actually found me on Facebook and that's how we connected. <laughs> She's here in Houston and I've been here now for, mm, it's going on five years. And so okay. I don't know a lot of people. And so when Stephanie reached out, I was like, of course, I'm so open to meet new people because I'm such a people person. So I was excited about us being able to connect. We had great conversations. She's such a kindred spirit and is passionate about the work that she does. And I'm definitely, definitely confident that what she does, a lot of women need mm. to hear her story because she has <laughs> ladies, yes. So diving right in. Yeah. So you had this journey that mm. you went through. Mm -hmm. And I want to really dive right in and talk about, can you tell us what triggered your life altering journey? And what was your journey? Okay. Well, the trigger was my midlife crisis in 2015. Um, I was... 36, because I'm 41 now. So I was 36. And um, up until that point, I was, you know, the pastor's kid. I had, you know, my kids. And, you know, I had a very fruitful life, making six figures at Chevron, driving a Tahoe. I mean, I, full bedroom house. I, listen, I was living, living the dream. dream. I was living the dream. <laughs> and then the spirit was like, well, it's time for you to learn some shit. So, um, <laughs> Oh wait, can you, let me know if you it's profanity because I, I yeah, I'll try to refer it. Yeah, okay. just you good. Go okay. ahead. <laughs> so um so 2015 was my midlife crisis. I literally on a Wednesday got laid off. By Friday, the guy that I was dating two and a half years, who I thought I was gonna marry, um, looked at me in my face at my kitchen table and said, I hope you have a 401k because I cannot take care of you. Mm. And so that Saturday morning. And I woke up very empty, very alone. And for the well, I for the first time, I I sunk into depression, and I knew I was depressed. It wasn't the first time I had been laid off, but it was the first time it hit me because it was the first time I got laid off, lost the boyfriend. Everything is on the line, you know. You, you, everything is on the line. You're like, okay, am I going to get put out of my house? Am I going to lose my truck? It's all of these things that start to happen. So that was the first time that I will, that I can remember emotionally, psychologically, just checking out. I would, I definitely have to ask, because I know there's so many of us right now amidst COVID is, I'm so over it. I'm sure everyone <laughs> is, but a lot of people are going through that with losing their jobs. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, what you said about losing your boyfriend and him not stepping up to the plate. Nope. Which shame on him. Okay. Not stepping up to the plate. So, <sighs> so I definitely, I want to ask what with, so with your journey, mm -hmm. tell us about, because you told me this awesome story about you having your aha moment. Mm -hmm. Can you tell everyone mm -hmm. what your journey was and what was your aha moment after you went through, you know, the tr the trauma of mm -hmm. losing your job, of mm -hmm. not really knowing what direction to go. Add that on, mm -hmm. at the time, there was health things that was there. Yep. yep. So, so tell us about that. So in addition to, well, once I started on that trajectory, that's when the depression set in. And so that's when weight began to be an issue, a really big issue for me. And my heaviest, I was 292 pounds. 
and I'm 5'4". So 292 pounds on a 5'4 frame. I was miserable. I was in physical pain. I hated myself. I was depressed. I wasn't productive. And I literally remember walking by the mirror one day and I can literally, the mirror that I still have is that $99 Ikea mirror from, <laughs> that leans up against the wall. Everybody got one. I passed by that sucker and I was like, who the hell is that? And I literally went cold turkey. I went downstairs because I'm still in the old house at this point. I went downstairs, cleaned out my pantry, cleaned out my refrigerator, $1,200 worth of food, went to the store and bought grilled chicken, veggies, all healthy food. And that started my weight loss journey of two and a half years. And so that was the weight loss trigger. And then um, the spiritual trigger, well, the, so the emotional the midlife crisis started the emotional trigger. That's when I was in depression, went to therapy. Then the um, I dealt with the weight loss. I just was like, uh-uh, we're not being fat no more. And then the spiritual trigger was when my father passed away a few months ago in July. Um, when he passed away, it's almost as if it was like the last straw. I don't know if I share with with you when we were speaking privately, but that that's really how I felt. I mean, I felt like, Okay, it can't get no worse than this. I it, it, there's there's no bottom. There's there's nothing under here. Um, so because I've lost my job again, so lost my job in 2015. Here we come all the way through this. My dad dies in July. We're talking about this year, y'all. We're talking about in the, the, the 2020. 20 and 20. I was actually recovering from a uh, surgery um, when the pandemic hit. So July 3rd, my dad dies. August 3rd, I lose my job again. And so at this point, I'm just like, what do you have to lose? And who the hell are you? Like, who are you? And so my father dying is what did the last piece of what my formula is. And so that's what just took the cape off. And I began seeking the truth about what I believe and why I believe it. That that is so good. So I want to go back and unpack the, unpack a couple of things because now we are starting to hear a lot about mental health. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the African American community, it was a faux pas. Yeah, you know, it was. It, really is. About, it is. It is. I think that is we're making more headway, but yeah. it is a slow moving but slow moving. Because especially as as black women, we're taught be strong, don't show no weakness, suck it up. God got this. You're going to be okay. He'll never put more on you than you can bear, which is true. However, it gets to that, like you said, that breaking point where it's like, look. I can't. I, I can't take. I, it's, yeah, I, can't I need take, a break. I can't take no more. I right. Can't breathe. I cannot and breathe. So, what was what was your um, what allowed you to really just kind of release and finally go to therapy? Because there's a lot of people that don't. Um, when I realized that. This was maybe about three months after the original breakup, like in 2015. It took me about three months of just pajamas, not getting up, not taking showers. And mind you, my children were still at home. So, you know, when your children start asking you, Mama, you okay? Like, are you getting up today? Is today going to be another pajama day? Like, literally, my son would come home and he would be like, Mama, I... You didn't take no shower again today. Come on. We 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 gotta take a shower. This what what we gonna eat? Because I wasn't cooking, I wasn't doing anything. And I don't think my family and friends knew how bad it was because I was such a master at what? Wearing masks. Because that's what we're taught as women. Like you just said, you never let anybody see you sweat. Mm-hmm. And 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 so I had taught my kids, you know, don't you say nothing, don't you tell nobody about what's going what on. In this house, stay in, in this house. house. So they would yes. be terrified. They wouldn't say anything. And here we are. I'm in a full blown depression and it was manic depression. So there were bouts of mania. I don't know if you've ever experienced manic depression, but it is like the little sister of bipolar. 
disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, follow. It's just like that. It's 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 bouts of mania followed by severe bouts of depression. Mm-hmm. Um, the only difference is that it's a start and a finish, and it's more like a it's a type of depression. It's not a you know a full blown mental health issue like bipolarism. So um, that's what it was. It was a combination of my children. And I just realized that unless I did something that wasn't biblical, I would stay where I was. Mm. I knew that the answers weren't in the Bible because I know the Bible backwards and forwards. And so at that particular time, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, were just words on a page because here I was with nothing Mm. from my perspective at that time. Yes. I think that is that is so, so, so huge because a lot of us have been there, mm-hmm. but carry the fear of people knowing that you don't have it together because right. I've, I've been there. And yep. it's you, you know, it's like, okay, I have, you know, when you have commitments to be somewhere or do something, you jump up and it's like, okay, let me, you know, Fix myself, get myself yep. together so people don't know that I'm crumbling on the inside. And then it's like you pull on that super strength, go out into the world, save the world, and then you come back and just crumble again. But it's and not super strength. It's not super strength. And that's, <laughs> and that's one of the things. But that's one of the reasons why I do this work and why mm-hmm. I'm so committed to this work and why I'm so committed to the truth. Because the truth of the matter is it's not strength. It's a bunch of BS. And it's just another mask. It's yes. not strength. Yes. It's pride. It's mm-hmm. ego. It's not strength. It's not mm-hmm. strength at all. Because strength is standing in your truth, whether you on top of the mountain or whether you drag and do death valley. So, and that's why I'm so committed to this work because once you can find the truth of who the hell you are and why you believe in what you stand for and why you stand for those things, you'll be amazed. The weight will fall off. The emotional healing will happen. The spiritual clarity will happen. You just have to be honest enough with yourself because life is about you. It's really about you and the journey that you take. Even the even even the people that you choose, your spouse, your friends, even the things that are chosen that you get to choose, it should be based on the truth of who you are. That is look that look you you said something right there because mm-hmm. that that is huge, and I think that sometimes we're so accustomed to living up to other people's standard. And the reason why I use the term strength is that we always hear be a strong black woman. Mm -hmm. The truth of the matter, when you're in those ultimate strength is saying, you know what, y'all, I'm not okay. Yeah, I'm not okay. okay. And I will not be showing up today. I'm going (laughs) to see Dr. T. I will be on somebody's couch. Call me on Tuesday. (laughs) But we're not going to do that. But we're not going to do that. We're not. We'll go and get made up and go out and play the game and then come back home and feel completely and utterly emotionally, physically and spiritually drained because you're forcing yourself to do something that Mm -hmm. you can't handle at that moment. No, you're forcing yourself to be someone that you're not. Yes. 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 (laughs) I want to go back because you also mentioned in the midst of all of this losing your dad. Yes. And how that triggered the spiritual mm-hmm. awakening side of you. Yeah. And for those that don't know, Miss Stephanie is a PK. <laughs> so that's a entirely different element. But yes. I know like for me, I lost my brother due to homicide mm-hmm. um, some years ago. And that was one of the triggers in my journey with even my company being called BU mm-hmm. because it really showed me how precious life is. Yes, ma'am. You know, we, we don't sometimes don't realize that it can be gone just like that and to leave to live it in a lie and not fully mm. embrace being ourselves is just misery. Yep. So with losing with losing your father and it creating the spiritual awakening for you, mm-hmm. how do you feel as though the the legacy that he left behind for you to be able to embrace this new side of you. Hmm. Well, I, it's interesting because as you were talking, 
um, spirit was literally, it was really literally playing it back in my head. And it's all about perspective. So every time I've had a trigger, I've had a what? What preceded the trigger? A death, a form of death. Mm-hmm. Before I had the emotional breakdown, it was the loss of a relationship and a job. And a job. Before, Before I had I- the physical breakdown, it was the aftermath of the same thing, of the trauma of the loss. Mm -hmm. The spiritual trigger was the loss of my father. So I think um, the legacy that he left, he believed so strongly in his faith that he was unshakable. The scripture that says, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always bounding in the works of the Lord. My father breathed that every day but he also left room for your own interpretation and your own experience of what it is you believe Mm -hmm. so he was quite an interesting man because for him to be in his 80s and a baby boomer because you know baby boomers are very rigid people they're not emotional people they're they go to work they're gonna go to work at AT AT&T for 50 years (laughs) they you know they're not they're not no entrepreneurs they work for the light company, HLMP. Give me you my know, pension. Get my pension. Get my that, that's my those were my parents. So for him to be such a rigid guy, he still made room for us to believe what we wanted to believe. It didn't change what he believed. And he was also big enough that when something that he believed either shifted or or shape shifted for him. He was honest enough to say, well, at one point I thought this, but now my spirituality has evolved. So even in his, you know, even in his rigidness, there was still room for growth. And that's what I think allowed me to really just take the veil off and just really look in the mirror and say, okay, now why do you wear weave? Mm. Who does that serve? And is that how you want to show up? Or is that how the church expects you to show up? Mm-hmm. Because your daddy don't care. Your daddy never cared how you look. He just wanted you to be you. So it's interesting that him dying is what forced me to really look because he lived every ounce of his life on his convictions. Mm-hmm. And so you ask about legacy, that's the legacy. Whatever life you're going to live, live it with every ounce of who you are so that you don't have any results, so that you don't have any, any regrets. Regrets, yes, yes. So that's his legacy. He didn't have a lot of money. He didn't leave riches. He didn't leave, you know, cars and stuff. But thank you for asking me that question because just as you asked it, I was able to answer it. He left the legacy of his truth. And that, I think, is subconsciously what allowed me to discover what my truth is and understand that it's okay. And it 99% will probably not be what his truth was. And that's okay, too. Yes, that is that is incredible. And that's that speaks volumes of the man that your father was. And of course, yep. I never met him, didn't know him. Mm-hmm. But I do know that error of especially being a black man. Yes. And and just like you said, it is it's a box. Yeah, it's no way. <laughs> right. Don't don't think you have to find a crack in this box. This box is sealed. But the fact that he could even say what I used to believe is may not be what it is today. And and that part right there, Mm -hmm. when we can strip down our minds into what we may think are absolutes and begin to realize that there is so much more out there. That's when we truly really find ourselves. Like I I have this thing I always say, TSL, Mm -hmm. try something, see something, learn something. Because there's always something new. So try something new, see something new, learn something new. That like- I like that. Those are things that I always stand by because there's so much to this world that is outside of, look, our neighborhood. There, this this right That's here right. is the creation of my neighborhood. There's so much outside of it. But one of the yep. things I definitely want to ask are with everything that you said, who are three people have been the most influential in your life? 
Hmm. Um, it depends on the life that I used to live or the life that I'm creating now. I would say the one that you're creating now, because this one you're creating now yes. is, is your authenticity. Yes. So that's yes. what we want to know the authenticity of it awesome. all. So one of my heroes is actually um, my spiritual coach, the program that I'm in, Society. Um, her name is Dr. Erin. And um, she um, is the first real introduction into expanded consciousness. Um, that has gravitated to me or that I've gravitated to. Several people have preached it. Several people have spoken about it. Even, you know, people in my in my expanded circle. But she's the first woman that has said, no, I have a program that I'm going to teach you and bite size how to understand the science of the mind and how to translate what you already believe, and then expand that even further to explore other possibilities. So Dr. Aaron is definitely one. Another one is Bishop Carlton Pearson, because um, when he <laughs> had his fall from grace, as we like to say it, which I just <laughs> think is some bull, but when he recognized that the emotionalism of Pentecostalism was not the same as living truth. And he came into expanded consciousness. The way the church castrated him, it, once I started to ask my question, why are you a Christian? And we use the word Christian because that's the word that was the issue for me. And when I began to delve into that, or why are we Pentecostal? Why are we AME? Why, I mean, why is all that? That's the person that I started listening to. So he comes on every Monday at 830. So every Monday at 830, I'm in front of my computer just like this. So he's because he's, you know, black, because he comes from black church leadership. And unless you've been a leader in a black church, it's just a totally different beast. And people don't understand, you know, CCM, they ain't got nothing on. <laughs> ain't got nothing on black church. I'm telling you. Y'all yes. ain't got nothing on black church. I don't care whether you Pentecostal, whether you Baptist, but if your leadership is black, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother situation. It's a whole nother situation. But so Carlton Pearson, so I have two very opposing mentors. I have Dr. Erin, who's a Caucasian woman who has no spiritual background in terms of she didn't come from Christianity or Muslim or Mormonism or a big religion. She just had a she just came from life and she's been doing this work for 25 years. Wow. Then you have Bishop Pearson, who's literally been doing ministry 46 years. And the last 10 of those years has been a new thought. So you have somebody who literally was at the top of the black church, had his own fall from grace and is now rebuilding his truth. So mm -hmm. I have a female that I can connect with and I have a male that can teach me from a paradigm that I come from. Mm -hmm. Because not everything I'm going to be able, there's some stuff that is just intrinsically built into me that I don't care how much trauma work I, you know, how much trauma work I do. I'm probably never going to stop believing in Jesus. How he takes form in my life may mm -hmm. change and what his role in the grand scheme of things may change. But I don't think I'll ever walk away from the path of Jesus. Mm -hmm. I, I, I doubt that very seriously because my father just instilled it so deeply into my being. So that would be two. I don't have a third one. Those are the two that I have right now. And I'm just kind of sticking. If you, if it would be a third one, it would probably be me, like just my higher self and really connecting with the higher version of myself or the spiritual or the divine version of myself, listening to her um, and, and embracing that intuition that I was born with. So those would be my three. I think that's good. I think that one of the things and you and I have spoke about this offline is with the pandemic is God trying to get our attention to mm -hmm. connect directly with him, because yep. there are, like you said, those medians there that that um, have not allowed us to fully connect to his spirit the way yep. that he wants us to. So I think that is huge. But I also want to ask you. What makes you feel inspired and in, in like your best, the best version of yourself? Mm -hmm. So what makes me so 
feel inspired is when I am living out my truth and when I can stand on what I believe, but not only stand on what I believe, but when I can inspire others to live their truth by looking at me, you get the power to do one brave thing as small as it may be that speaks to your truth. And it could be something as small as posting a picture with you drinking a glass of wine. <laughs> um, but you know, you laughing, but some people oh, have that's, heart attacks. No, that's why I'm laughing. That is why I'm have, laughing. I'm talking about be trying to stage, trying to stage the picture. And I'm like, man, just snap this picture. Nobody don't care if you drink a tequila because they probably drink a Jack Daniels at home. Stop <laughs> letting these people control how you live your life and what parts of your life you show. It's interesting because when you were talking about, I can't remember what you were saying about 30 minutes, but I had went somewhere spiritually. And it's almost as if the spirit said to me, sin is perceptive. And some people, the truth is what people perceive. It's not necessarily the truth. It's the perception of it is what people build their lives around. Mm -hmm. And so what if one of the propositions is, what if sin is simply not living your truth? Mm. Wow. What if the what if the greatest sin would be to have a life given to you and you not live it based on your truth? That's huge because look, the the first thing that that I thought about when you said that was I thought about the gifts and mm -hmm. the burying of the gifts. And mm -hmm. that's what life is is are you going to multiply this? Are you going to bury it? Because it is, it's wasteful for yep. God to breathe life in something and then to not live it. That that is just one of the worst. Like I, I've I've read these articles multiple yep. times about mm -hmm. when you interview someone in their latter ages, right? Mm -hmm. And the number one thing that they say that they regret in life is the risk that they did not take. Yep. Because you can't. Time is the only thing that you cannot get back. Once cannot. it is gone, it is gone. And so what if that's the greatest sin or what if that's sin in its entirety? Because to be honest with you, and this is what you learn when you come into subconscious work, everything has a positive charge and a negative charge. Some things have a super power positive. Some things have a super negative. I'll give you an example. Murder. What does that bring up to you? That's a super negative charge, right? Mm -hmm. Super mm -hmm. negative charge. Marriage, super positive charge. Mm -hmm. Depending on what you believe and where you stand, same-sex marriage. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So depending on the truth that you live, that could either be a super positive or super negative charge. But it doesn't mean that it's a sin. Mm. It just means that culture has defined what charges we give to things, what emotion, what command we put on things. And so part of expanded consciousness is reprogramming what you put good and negative charges to. That's mm. the simplest form of the kind of truth that I'm seeking. It has really nothing to do with religion. And it's more about how I view the world in totality. In yeah. addition to spiritually. But it's, it's, it's what is the truth of it? What is the truth of what I'm feeling? And these emotions that I've attached to it, is it because it's how I truly feel or is it because it's how I was taught to feel? There's, um, that is interesting. There's a, oh, I cannot think of it, but there's this author that um, he talks about stripping away what you were taught and realize and understanding is this who you are or something that was ingrained in you and i think about it not even going to like the spiritual level just even going back to what you said your journey in weight loss for example and yeah. because i know we talked offline and you talked about you know food was the addiction 
for yeah. us, a lot of African-American women, when it comes to food, it becomes our comfort. Yeah. You know, we, we learned how to cook at a young age. <laughs> we, you know, we, we know how to take different ingredients and put them together and make it a gourmet meal. You know, that's yeah. part of what yeah. we, what we do. And so we were taught food as a passion mm -hmm. versus food as a source of life. That's and right. I think that right there is one of the things that if we can unteach ourselves the relationship right. with it. A mm -hmm. lot of us would be way more healthier and mm -hmm. be in just in better everything because I t I told you my journey like I had the I had the gastric sleeve. It's been about seven years ago, mm -hmm. and I like I would have did the bypass at the time and just been over with it. However, that was my journey okay. um, because lupus runs in my family. Mm -hmm. And I was having rheumatoid issues and all of this. And like you said, when you carry the weight on you, it's not just physical, it's mental, Ooh. emotional. It is, it's, it's just weighty. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I want to ask going back to that part, because I'm sure there's someone that's listening that's like, mm -hmm. man, she lost all that weight. How did mm -hmm. she do it? So I want to ask you, what do you feel like was you know, when you hit hit those ball days, like, mm -hmm. man, I really want to eat that today. Or I don't feel like working out today. What was your driving factors to get you from point A to where you are today? Um, there are questions that I would ask myself. And one of the questions I would always ask myself is, is eating this, is consuming this, is drinking this, is being a part of this going to help you gain or lose what it is you're going after. Mm. And if the answer was that I would lose the weight, then I would do it. If the answer was I would gain the weight, then I wouldn't do it. I would also journal. And there were, there were a lot of different things that I would do, but most of the weight loss journey and this is where trainers and, you know, and, and, and those types of experts will probably disagree with me uh, because they want you to spend, you know, $200 an hour for a trainer. But <laughs> I, I have clients and I have my own story to back this up. It's about the spirit and your emotion for women, specifically African-American women. Let me go back to something that you said. You said that we were taught to cook at an early age. I invite you to think about it even deeper. Every celebration had what in it? Food. Every funeral had what in it? Food. Every vacation had what wrapped around it? It's the food. When you went to church, what did you do in between services? The food. Everything <laughs> like made life your life mm -hmm. revolved around food. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Because the baby boomers parents who were cotton pickers, that is family time. That was the only time that massa would allow them to congregate. So food became a way of community. It became a way of family. And so when you translate that down, but you don't transfer the hard labor of picking cotton. So you transfer the tradition, but you don't have the labor that kept them skinny. You see what mm -hmm. I'm saying? They so the tradition them. gets passed down, but they didn't equate that the reason why they weren't getting fed is because they were being slave driven to death. They didn't. So when we got free, we kept eating, but we left off the workout part. We left off the physical part because that was slavery. So one of the things that I teach in my program um, inside of my community is I just teach people very small nuggets, very daily things that you do so that over time you build your subconscious muscle because that's really what it is. I've lost 157 pounds, but I've also kept that weight off. And it's not because I restrict myself from food. It's because I've changed my relationship with food. And that happened here and here. It happened in my mind and it happened in my spirit. Mm -hmm. Because now that I'm living my truth, the truth of it is, is that you don't need a whole whopper. You don't need a whopper. 
<laughs> you can get a Whopper Junior. Think about this. No, no, no. Think about this in a real way. The Whopper Junior is the exact same burger. It is on at a smaller scale. On a smaller scale at the correct portion. But mm -hmm. because we have a culture that propagates more, bigger, more, better, mm -hmm. we take in larger territory and we take it to the extreme. That ain't what that meant. Jay Bez was not talking <laughs> about it, Lord, your stomach. That is not <laughs> the prayer of Jay Bez. That's not that. You taking mm -hmm. that scripture out of context, mother, come on back. But because we live in a culture of you can have what you want. You can have as much of it as you want. We don't know how to use filters. We don't know how to use restriction. We don't know how to use the protective measures that were put in place for us to help us because of what? Ego. Because we want more. We want bigger. You know, it's just always about more, 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 more. And so the relationship with food gets off kilter. And so the only way to get back on kilter, I told you this in a private, and this is one of my sayings. I can teach a dog how to eat right for 21 days. Mm. I can teach anybody. Anybody can juice for seven days. But after the juicing, you're going right back to an environment where y'all wake up in the morning eating Shipley's. Then y'all go to Burger King for lunch. Then for dinner, y'all sliding through the turkey leg hood. <laughs> then on Sundays, y'all going to Big Mama house and she cooking pork bones, oxtails, yams, rice, peas, and ain't nobody going to no gym and ain't nobody walking. So mm -hmm. I can teach you how to eat right and you could do it. And I mean, you can nail it, but the environment you live in is so unhealthy. Then mm -hmm. on top of y'all not eating right, the marriage is failing. Then on top of the marriage failing, the children are disrespectful. Then on top of that, so we have to deal with all of these issues to get not only the physical weight, but the emotional and the spiritual weight. So what worked for me was really, and this is before I came into truth. This was before I came into the truth lane. So this is just me looking at food and really having a conversation with myself. Now, is this, is this going to make you fat or skinny? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And then making the decision, because even to know something is not the same as to do something. So you got to have the strength to do the action once you come into the knowledge. So there's there's a lot of moving. There's a lot of moving parts. And I know a lot of, you know, a lot of trainers are not going to agree with me, but I'm, re I'm ready. I'm ready for the debates because I know what I know. But. I don't even see how anyone could disagree in that because essentially one of the, so I also do performance coaching. And so the biggest part of performance coaching, whether it's with semi-professional, professional athletes, high school athletes, any type, you know, any type of person that wants to perform, everything starts here. It starts here. Yeah, you can teach me to do these workouts. My body can get conditioned. It, you know, I could eat out of little containers this big. Mm -hmm. But unless it's you have a made up mind, and like you said, unless you're dealing with all your crap, guess what? You're gonna go back to what makes you feel good, and that would be the food. It's your comfort. So unless you fix this, you're going to keep relapsing. It's just like it's just like a crackhead that, you know, you was you don't you stop doing drugs. But then, man, I had a stressful day. All right. I'm going to go up in this house. I ain't going to smoke it, but I smell it. Next thing you know, guess what? You smoking crack again because <laughs> you're back in that environment and you haven't done with the psychological trauma. So this that is so look that is so which huge. is why the name of my program is on your shit <laughs> that is why the name of my program is on your shit sis because until you own your psychological issues your environmental issues your childhood trauma the negative coping mechanisms the codependency until you deal with that you can eat grass every day of your life for the rest of your life 
you will mm-hmm. still be a miserable being. Yes, yes. And it's definitely about the holistic you yeah. because we're we're not just one piece. No. There we're multidimensional for yes, sure. We are. Yes, we yes. are. So I want to ask a crazy question. If you could turn back the time and talk to your 18-year-old self. Ooh, 18-year-old <laughs> self. What would you tell her? Oh, my God. I would tell her at 18. <laughs> I would tell her, listen to your mother. Mm. I would tell her. Oh, let love come to you. Don't chase love. Mm. I tell her everything that's for you will never miss you. So you don't have to chase anything. No person, no thing, no job, no status, no money, nothing. Because what is for you, your cornucopia is your cornucopia. It's yours. And so you don't need to be anybody other than who you are. And you will Mm -hmm. attract what is divinely designed for you. That is what I would tell my younger self. Yes. Look, that's 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 good stuff. (laughs) Yes. So what are some of the things? So I have this thing and I know we're getting because we're getting ready to wrap up. So I have this thing and look where she at. So (laughs) I have I have this very dear friend of me. That's a um, she's the author. She has a publishing company. And her mm-hmm. thing is like every woman, of course, has superpowers. We, you know, we just we do because we fly like that, right? And so yep. I have, and I think I share this about every week. So I have for me, my thing is bees. So she bought me this little bee lady. So this is my oh, super bee. And I, I keep her close because some, you know, you know, when you you don't went down and you you writing and doing all this stuff was work, it's like all right, gotta, you know, put my put my superwoman on. So I want to ask you, what are some of the things that you do to tap into your inner superwoman? Hmm. One of the newest things I do is I I read Oracle cards. I know you can see them behind me. That's a few of them behind me. I have probably about a hundred decks by now, but um, that's one of the things that I do. I also do worship. My piano is right behind me. So I do a lot of live worship. Um, I do a lot of journaling. And I do a lot of, um, I talk to myself a lot. <laughs> and and I used to think that people who talk to themselves were crazy, but they probably were conscious. There's a difference. So they probably were really having conversations with their higher selves. And so that's what I mean when I say I talk to myself a lot. I talk to the intuitive side of Stephanie. I talk to the higher version of Stephanie, the divine version of Stephanie, the version of Stephanie that I don't know because I've she's been suppressed for so long because I've been out here being super Christian, <laughs> super saved. I've been out here, you know, not not posting no photos with no drinking. Ooh, girl, you can't say no cussing, girl. You ooh, ooh. not no more. I. <laughs> How I I went from and like on my new site when I get ready to build my site I tell you what it's gonna say it's gonna say from a super conservative saved Christian PK to a oracle card slinging cussing drinking spiritual badass <laughs> so that's that's what it is because that's who I am and ninety percent of the people that are in leadership Mika that's who they are. You want to know how I know? Because I go to dinner with these people. I go to these people's birthday parties that ain't nowhere on social media. That's off in the in the cut or uh, uh, on a ranch somewhere down the, down in Eagleton, Texas. <laughs> because it's been a bitches and all other kind of. But then they get up on Sunday talking about the word of the Lord. Mm. Where was the word of the Lord on Friday when you was twerking? So why <laughs> is it okay? And then you want to get up in the pulpit and you want to beat the people up for doing the same thing you're doing. But we don't discredit your anointing. We don't discredit your gifts because God gave you the gifts even in your imperfections. So why do you feel the need to justify 
their imperfections or or subdue them Mm-hmm. in order to have your anointing because you've been screwing people on the side and preaching for 15 years and you still have your anointing people are mm-hmm. still being delivered and you're still screwing your mistress mm. so you can be a whole sinner and still have the anointing and that's the truth that people that's the conversation that people don't want to have but that's the mm. conversation that I'm bringing to the front Mm. not calling anybody name not calling anybody out but it is time for us to rise up and really know the essence of god and teach that and teach people how to find god their own way yes 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 with their imperfections because they are imperfect but they're perfectly flawed Mm -hmm. Everything is perfection. Even the valleys are perfection because what is perfection? Perfection is maturity. Mm -hmm. So everything is perfection because everything is a lesson. Everything is you develop a skill. You get your muscles together. Everything is a lesson. So everything in your life is perfection. But we've Mm -hmm. been taught that perfection is attached to deed. And, and, an to, and an yes, act. act, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Perfection is a way of being. It is a state of life. Mm-hmm. And so that is what I am challenging people to come out of the box of religion and mm-hmm. come into the knowing of consciousness. The relationship, for sure. So uh, look, as we get ready to kind of wrap up things, how can our listeners listeners connect with you and what services are you currently providing? Because I know with COVID, that kind of changed some things. So what is Stephanie currently up to and how can people connect with you? I'm super excited. I just launched TT360 Society, which is a community that I'm creating a safe space for women to come and transform and discover their truth. Um, I focus on three areas. I teach spiritual clarity and fulfillment. I teach emotional and trauma healing. And then I also do weight loss. So I'm going to teach you how to lose some weight, but I'm much more concerned with the person you're becoming and less concerned with, you know, if you got a 24, 36, 24. So, <laughs> um, but, but one of the things that I didn't have when I started my journey was a safe place to grow, a safe mm-hmm. place to express myself without judgment, because there's so much judgment in, in religion, so much judgment. And so I want to give people a place where they can really be themselves, even if it's only for a few minutes a day. And um, I'm going to teach them all three. I'm going to teach them exactly what I did to get where I am. You do have to make a commitment, but we're going to break the commitments up in chunks. So the the society is only thirty three dollars a month. That's it for daily content, live group coaching, live workouts. I mean, it's a very intense, but it's little nuggets that you do every day. And over time, you become a better version of you. So the minimum commitment is three months, but it really takes about a year for you to really, really get it and see results and then maintain the results. A big part of what I offer is the maintenance of it. Who wants to just do the work only to have to redo the work again? No, right. we, no right. we're not doing that. We're doing the work one time and then we're going to maintain what we've achieved. And so that is really that's really what I'm offering. I've moved completely online because of COVID, because I want to be safe and I want my clients to be safe. And if it was one thing that I've learned that COVID has taught me, I don't know if it's taught you this, but I don't need a building to make an impact. Yeah, that is true. Yes. All I need is a a camera, a microphone (laughs) and some Mm -hmm. Wi-Fi. Yes. That is very, very true. So and you can go to TT360 Society. Let me say this because I'll be forgetting people be like, you didn't even say your was, website. That was going to be my next question. Because I don't never yeah. say it. I don't never say it. I just, I guess I just expect people to figure it out, which is dumb. Um, so you can just go to TT360Society.com. TT360 
the word society, S-O-C-I-E-T-Y dot com. And that is where you can see everything that I have. You can see the courses. Oh, you're so sweet. You can see the courses that I have coming up. You can see what we got going on and you can get um, everything that you need. But that is what I am doing. That is what spirit is leading me to do. My when I ran this by my coach, because um, every coach has a coach. And let me just yeah. put a plug in, ladies. If you're watching this and your leader don't have leaders and your leader don't have a coach and your leader don't have a pastor or a bishop or a worthy priest, you need to follow somebody else. So my coach, my therapist, because yes, I still go to therapy. She, I told her what I was going to be doing. And she was like, oh, so you're going to be charging them the same thing I charge you. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's not what Spirit <laughs> said. When I, told, when I told her that price, she was like, let me get a drink. You're going to be doing what? And all they got to pay is what? She was like, do I need to pull up your invoices? I said, no, thank you very much. I know exactly how much I pay you an hour. I don't need to be reminded. Matter of fact, my session is up. So <laughs> I need no I'm, over. Literally, what I'm literally doing, I'm literally taking what I've learned in therapy, what I've learned in my spiritual practice, what I've learned from my personal trainer. My personal trainer is not even charging me to do workouts. He's letting me record my live workouts that I pay him for, for my community for free. Oh, wow. That is awesome. So I don't have to pay him. So since I don't have to, I, I, you know, the people that God has given me are so amazing. They just want my tribe to win too. And so all of the thousands of dollars that I've invested, I'm passing it on to my people for, you know, 30 something dollars a month. That's great stuff. So everybody, you can see, look, tt360society.com yeah. is, is available. Tune in and connect because I know one of the things, like I said, when Stephanie reached out to me, look, it, it's funny because we, um, we, um, she saw me on Facebook and saw my hair. <laughs> And so that was one of the first initial, and I think we may be having some technical. There we go. Um, that was one of the initial connections there was, we there we go, was the hair. And because yeah. she was on her journey at first, she was still wearing, you know, her braids and everything. <laughs> right. And so I, I was, I told her, I was like, hair was my formal life. <laughs> but we still wind up connecting and we, mm -hmm. I got to learn more about her and what she does. And I think it is incredible because I'm all about emotional and mental health and the physical side, because I've been on that journey for myself and still, mm -hmm. still, still take that drive. Yeah. Of course, still. So yes, I'll yes. be reaching out, checking out the society too. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad that you were able to join me this evening and tell Thank us you. your powerful journey. Thank I know you. that there's someone out there that was listening that is going to be encouraged by your words and will help them learn their journey of finding their truth because all of us have our journey that we have to take to find our own authentic selves. So. Yes. Again, don't forget to check out tt360society.com, Miss Stephanie Wilson. Yes. And again, thank you for joining me today on another awesome show of BU Live. Remember, 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 no matter what you do, always to be you. I love it. <sighs>